This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Daylight saving time and its impact on your sleep. Last week, we all sprung those clocks one hour forward, kicking off the twice-a-year debate about why we even do daylight saving time in the first place. Recently, the U.S. Senate passed a bill that would make daylight saving time permanent and add a little sunlight into our lives, as Rhode Island Senator Sheldon Whitehouse said during arguments last week. While the bill makes its way over to the House, some sleep experts are worried about what this would mean for how you sleep at night. So joining us now to discuss is Dr. Ezra Tassali, director of the Sleep Research Center at UChicago Medicine. Hi, doctor. Welcome. Hi, Sasha. Thanks for having me. Dr. Tassali, can you help us understand the connection here? How does changing our clocks twice a year impact our sleep and our health? Sure. Uh, what we did with daylight, daylight saving time in the spring, uh, one-hour time shift, created less exposure to light, basically more darkness in the morning and more light in the evening hours. And it's important to remember that light is the most powerful signal that regulates our body's internal clock system, what we call circadian rhythm. And when light enters through through our eyes, it sends a message to our brain to say it's time to wake up. And when it's dark outside, a hormonal signal, melatonin, tells our brain that it's time to sleep. Mm -hmm. So if we do the daylight saving time in spring, it causes a delay, a shift in our internal body clocks. So our biological preferences change. Our body tells us to go to sleep later in the evening and get up later in the morning. But due to work-related or social demands, we're not aligned with this biology, and we have to wake up early for work, and we have to wake up earlier than what our body tells us, which then creates sleep loss and other health consequences. So what are your thoughts then about making daylight saving time permanent? Yeah, a fixed year-round time would be better aligned with our biology. Again, the short-term effects of these seasonal shifting uh, from standard time to daylight saving time and backwards uh, has been described in several studies, and it increases the risk for heart attack, stroke, heart rhythm problems, and there has been also studies showing or statistics showing that traffic accidents increase by up to 6% in the first few days after the change from standard time to daylight saving time. And in addition, lack of synchrony or what we call mismatch between our body's timekeeping system and our social obligations, for example, getting up to go to work early, one hour early in the morning, which we did recently, creates something similar to what we call jet lag. So social jet lag, we call it. And studies have shown that in the long run, social jet lag is associated with Um, diseases like obesity, heart disease, and metabolic diseases like diabetes and even depression. Do you think that your colleagues would agree with you, doctor? Is there any contention within the community? Uh, The acute effects uh, of daylight saving time or these seasonal changes has been well documented. What we don't know is more the chronic effects. Um, But I think that um, more research could also highlight that. Um, you know, or show show us, tell us more about it in the chronic sense. Doctor, let's pause and take a call from Chris in Albany Park. Hi, Chris. Welcome to Reset. 
Hey, how's it going? I wish I I caught everything the doctor said. <laughs> well, well, what are your thoughts on uh, daylight saving time versus standard time? Well, you know, it's it's nice to have to get up a little later, and it's sometimes stressful to have to get up earlier. Uh, I think if we got rid of that, people would just, you know, the, 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 obviously the, um, the the daylight and the darkness outside would throw our bodies off biologically, but I think we'd be a lot more in tune with, you know, like, it would just carry over more. It would carry over more naturally, I think. Yeah, good for point. Our, for us. Yeah. So, so you are pro-daylight saving time, it sounds like. I'd say so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, thanks for calling, Chris. Appreciate you. And here's Lily in Lakeview. Hi, Lily. Welcome to the program. Hi. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to uh, comment that I used to work with elderly people with dementia, and I know that daylight savings can be, you know, the change in the clocks can be very disorienting uh, for those who are already quite disoriented. Um, and I know Arizona has had a lot of success with not changing the clock. So I just wanted to throw in that I think it would be a good thing to uh, keep it permanent. Thanks for your call, Lily. Doctor, what can you add to that comment about folks living with dementia? Yes, I, I, I would agree that this seasonal changes, uh, you know, creates more disruption to our circadian rhythm. I mean, our, our clocks are highly sensitive to light in a predictable fashion, and they're highly adaptable. So if we were to keep uh, the standard time fixed uh, year-around time, that would be better not to create this disruption and uh, eventually, you know, protect from uh, from uh, dementia or other uh, related cognitive issues. You know, I think we all hope that uh, we can get the recommended eight hours of sleep at night. Uh, but I want to be honest, for a lot of us, that is not always possible. I, can't, I couldn't tell you the last time I slept for eight hours. Uh, so can you talk about sleep debt, Dr. Tasali? particularly what persistent sleep debt means for your health? Right. Persistent sleep is, as you were alluding to, is not getting the recommended um, average sleep time, uh, which is the minimum amount is seven hours, seven to nine hours uh, for adults. It varies between individuals. And for children, it's, it's longer. Um, and uh, with sleep that, not only our cognitive function is impaired, but, but also our body, our metabolism, our hormonal system, our bodily systems are affected. If anything, every cell in your body needs sleep. So when it comes to disrupted or inconsistent sleep, talk about how it affects the way folks act during the day. Right. It, it impacts alertness. It uh, makes you feel more fatigued. Uh, the concentration levels are lower, uh, but also it increases risk for, as I said, diseases like heart disease, heart attack, stroke, uh, diabetes. Uh, it puts you uh, at risk for uh, weight gain and uh, several other um, other health problems. You know, one thing that uh, Chicagoans are, are more familiar with, and, and that's the increase in seasonal depression during those winter months, right? So could not needing to change our clocks change that? It might. It might. We, we may need more research on that because we don't really understand uh, the exact mechanisms 
as to why daylight savings time uh, could um, exacerbate seasonal depression. But what we know is that when days are shorter during fall and winter, uh, our body clock may become disrupted due to lack of exposure to light. And uh, with daylight savings time, uh, especially when changing from uh, daylight savings to standard time in the fall, people who are susceptible to seasonal depression, they may become particularly distressed about earlier sunsets uh, when we transition. So um, I think that uh, we would need more research, uh, but keeping uh, fixed year-round timing uh, might be better. And for those who have seasonal depression, no matter what, the strategies to cope with this could mm -hmm. be to getting out, you know, uh, having a walk in the morning sunlight, staying physically active. And for some people, we also recommend light therapy, um, and which is a special way of uh, getting artificial light, but it's helpful. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We are talking about a new bill that would make daylight saving time permanent with Dr. Ezra Tassali, director of the Sleep Research Center at U Chicago Me Medicine. We're also taking your calls as well. Here is Ken from Libertyville. Hi, Ken. Welcome to Reset. Hi. Um, I just wanted to say that, that I almost feel like as much of a pain in the rear as it is to do this twice a year, that the consequences would be worse if we stayed one way or the other, meaning that we would have you know, sun, the sun coming up at 4.15 in the morning or something completely insane in the summer if we go one way or we end up with, you know, everybody standing around in the dark at the bus stop, you know, and the sun doesn't come up until 9 o'clock in, in the morning. Um, and I think part of that is exacerbated by the fact that we live right next to a time zone boundary. So if we lived, you know, more closer to the center of central time, it wouldn't be quite as severe. Mm -hmm. You know, I almost wish that we could join East Coast time just to... <laughs> Just as a little carve-out, I think it would make everybody's life very easier. <laughs> right, right. Good point there, Ken. Thanks for calling. Here is John in Lincoln Park. Hi, John. Welcome to Reset. Yes, hi there. Hi. Um, I, ha I have an eye disease called retinitis pigmentosa. Um, there are hundreds of thousands of people across the country who have it. It's characterized by early um, loss of night vision in... Um, the reason that time was changed to be further in October and earlier in March was because of people with retinitis pigmentosa and people who suffer from night blindness. And so it's really important for it not to switch back to standard time. And I understand people not wanting to get up in the dark. I don't either. So I strongly think as crazy as it is, we should keep it as it currently is. Thanks for sharing that, John. Dr. Tasali, what are your thoughts? Yes, as I said, I, I don't favor one way or the other, but the shift is the most harmful to our circadian system, our clock system. So keeping a standard uh, fixed year-around timing uh, would be better yeah. uh, for sure. So on the topic of sleep, what would you say helps folks sleep best? At night, do you have tips? Sure. Uh, well, one of the important thing is to keeping a bedtime routine that is conducive to sleep and uh, regular bedtimes and wake up times. Limiting light exposure during evening hours, as we talked about, it would give you a wake up signal. More light in the evening. Limiting electronic devices 
is, is a big deal these days, and they, um, they provide a blue light, which increases our time to fall asleep. So that would be important. And relaxing activities um, like an old-fashioned book, uh, you know, instead of uh, electronic devices, limiting caffeine and alcohol, particularly for caffeine, anything after 4 o'clock in uh, mid-afternoon uh, would be good. And daytime exercise. What about naps? Can taking a nap in the middle of the day help us feel more rested? Uh, naps are usually uh, disruptive to more consolidated sleep at night. Hmm. I would not say that um, it should be completely avoided. If needed, they can be helpful to restore energy and, and um, cognitive function, uh, what we call power nap. But to make it a habit in the long run is not recommended. Let's hear from one final caller. Here's Stefan in South Shore. Hi. Um, I lived through uh, the the permanent uh, daylight saving that was imposed on us because of the Arab oil embargo. And it was one of the most depressing uh, experiences I've ever had. The thing was, I was waking up in the dark. I was going to work in the dark. Uh, it just felt depressing. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 and so I would arrive at work. And the first thing I would have to do would be to try and get into some kind of, of decently, um, um, uh, uh, you know. A, yeah. So a, a, you had trouble dealing with, with the, the, the time change uh, at the time. Uh, we've been speaking with Dr. Ezra Tasali, who's the director of the Sleep Research Center at U Chicago Medicine. Dr. Tasali, thank you so much. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.